0: It has been said, ad nauseam. The younger generation is critical to focus on, absolutely critical. They are who we are leaving the world to, and they are what will mold the future of society. Futures are uncertain. Climate change, political relations, monetary uncertainties, to name a few, plague everyone. Gen Z is not immune and in fact, their generation and those coming up after them will be the recipients of the aftermath of the decisions and actions humans, you, me, the world, are making right now. These recipient generations are up to bat. We must do what we can to set them up for success. That is where Eddie comes in.
1: They tell me you're a man with true grit.
0: Eddie is the founder of Future Gen, a career exploration platform for high schoolers, and Eddie is guiding future generations through the difficulty of being a young adult and formulating, helping them formulate how they want to contribute to the world. Eddie is doing the Lord's work, one could say, pushing past pressures put on him of what he should be when he grew up, and pushing past people telling him no. You cannot do that eddie founded this startup eddie is breaking new ground for gen z millennials and he's breaking new ground for how startups function how they give back welcome to the you're not qualified podcast my name is courtney heater i'm excited you are here now let's jump into the conversation with eddie let's go you give out very little sugar with your pronouncements all right. Today we are here with Eddie. Oh, man. Muziergos? Eddie Muziergos. You yeah. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Miseriegos. Eddie, thank you for being here. Eddie is the founder of Future Gen, which we will get far into, but he's helping Gen Z guide through careers, life, many different things. So, Thank you for being here and I'm excited to get into the discussion.
1: Yeah, happy to be here Courtney. Thank you so much for taking some time to learn a little bit about what I'm about what Future FutureGen's about and what is this better world that we're trying to build or envision together and yeah, no, I'm excited.
0: Awesome. And Future Gen is the name of the startup. You founded the company? The goal help Gen Z explore careers and really understand what's next for them because this world is pretty nuts, as you said. And like the more direction, the more help that young people can get, the better. So tell us about Future Gen.
1: Yeah, Future Gen in the tiniest of nutshells is a Gen Z career exploration platform for high schoolers. And what we do is we pretty much we show students their applied interest in the world around them using social media. Think TikTok, think YouTube, think Instagram Reels. And then we share those insights to parents, mentors, teachers, their counselors to help them with the next guiding steps in terms of helping the students like figure out what comes next afterwards.
0: Wow. So in a way too, you're teaching elder millennials and beyond a little bit about social media (laughs) and how to connect with their kids.
1: Yeah, there's a it's not every day. I would say like high schoolers our young adults like yep. to always speak up to what their dreams are. And so we make it a much safer space and much more comfortable space to kind of get those insightful discussions started.
0: That's really awesome and very noble of you. I will be completely honest. Sometimes I make fun of Gen Z on this podcast because my <laughs> sister is Gen Z and I'm just like, just beyond it. I guess I've been elder millennial these days, but my My little sister is definitely, so it's fun to poke fun, but they are awesome. And they are the future, like the first line of defense in what we're getting into in terms of the future of the world. So it's really important that they have a good head on their shoulders. So noble work, Eddie, that's very good of you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do believe people have a lot of passion and drive, but guidance can truly go a long way.
0: Yeah. Along with that guidance. So, when you're working with these young people, what are they afraid of for the future? Is there any consistencies? Before
1: I started this big leap and putting my 100% effort into Future Gen, I was doing some really boring work and mergers and acquisitions, traveling across the country, seeing the world like one hotel at a time. But mm. how it ties to this is that every single time I was done with a projects, I would escape from that work and go to the schools, like I'd go to the college campuses, I would go to the high schools. And I would honestly freak a lot of students out with that question, what do you wanna do in the future? It's a very easy to ask question, but hard to answer. And so I found these three unique, I would say profiles. And one is you have almost like the Elon Musk of the world. As God will see it, I will make the startup happen.
0: We're gonna know, be to like, Mars, yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. Uh, then you have this second group, which is, oh, that's like a later me problem. Yeah, ask me tomorrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or maybe in ten years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In this third group, which is what you're talking about, is you say that, and then you see there's panic in their eyes, and it's it's you know it's a question that is really has a has you can notice the weight the moment that it lands on them, and so I would say it's not uncommon at all. And I would say everyone at some point goes through that big question and through multiple iterations. And there's just like this third group of students, I would say, where you ask that question and it's panic in their eye and it's a very real and it has an absolutely different weight the moment the question lands on them. And it's interesting to think about it because it's not the first time you the probably ever or anyone has probably heard about this it's typically what you may hear about it in kindergarten first grade it's like a fun question and you're saying you want to be an astronaut or a fairly fairy princess zoologist and you know the world's your oyster but as you're older there's unfortunately some sort of a, a different type of weight that's put on there and it's yeah it's uh, we're trying to bring that back we're trying to make it fun again it's it's it should be fun it's your journey it's your it's your story
0: yeah How do you use your methodology to help them move past these fears and then view the future as exciting and something that they can make? Yeah, I think
1: there's several ways I want to talk about this. I think maybe the first one is again, usually students or young adults or kids or high schoolers, again, they're they only know what they know and the I want to say the imagination exactly stops, but sometimes expectations or something apply to them. Um, And they don't want to disappoint their role models around them, right? You don't want to disappoint mom. You don't want to disappoint dad. I didn't want to do that. And so what did they want me to do? They said, do well in school and become a doctor or something like that. And so with these students, I would say that as you grow older and try to guide them from that is you should, there needs to be a healthier way to be able to speak up your own thoughts in a way that allows them to articulate sometimes nuances that they're having for example you may not know why you like all the I don't know I'm going to say biology so much and maybe you think of a biology teacher or when you're studying English you're thinking about only it's there's actually a whole bunch of application of those and so by being able to introduce kids what does writing look like like in script writing or in media or journalism and it's just a whole long list of other possibilities and more than just becoming just only an English teacher when not hating on English teachers they're amazing but yeah so it's uh, again how do you pro- how do you get this next generation properly express that when they're having new thoughts themselves
0: yeah through so talking about that you're like with these kids and you definitely called it out You don't really know exactly what you want to do. A lot of them, some of them do, and some of them do that. Like I've known people that are like, I wanted to be a teacher since I was in second grade and now I'm a teacher, but life doesn't always work that way for the majority of us. And understanding what you want to do in the future is so difficult to pinpoint, even in the 20s, your 30s, right? I didn't really figure it out till I was in my late 20s, what I really wanted to do and like how to understand, grasp how to get there. And it is very difficult. What are the main areas that you're focusing on for these high schoolers lives? What about their personalities are standing out to you to help them? Are there any like patterns that you're seeing where you're like able to pinpoint faster or what are you looking for?
1: I would say with our initial minimal viable product or MVP, the interests that we're really focusing on are really their applied Mm interests. We think of skill sets. We think of maybe geographical preferences. We think about abilities that want to go on, but but before we incorporate all that, we actually genuinely ask ourselves like what type of, we call it knowledge that they're really open to and how that translates really, uh, let's say industry interest. So for example, let's say business or healthcare services or law and public safety, communications, transportation, engineering, and mathematics. So it's like we really tackle, I would say, the broad first is our initial secret sauce because something that I would say that is lost in translation, a lot of current assessments that are out there today is the vocabulary, the context is sometimes not as relatable to Gen Z. Like for example, who wants to answer a question like how great is your reading comprehension good to what i don't know you're also like
0: yeah is this a bell curve what are we grading on yeah
1: yeah so it's, again we focus primarily on i would say some industry focuses right now specifically 10 but they plan to go to over 40 soon but yeah no it's yeah we specifically look at their their interest by an industry let's say
0: that's very cool so you can cater to those kids that want to be the next elon musk so it's that's an industry that's entrepreneurship and then those kids that want to be a doctor that's very cool. I like that. And it also sets them up for the diagnosis part. They have to internalize, they yeah. have to realize what am I interested in? And then maybe once they learn more about whatever it is, they even pivot or something and they're like actually now that I know that I have to go to school for 12 years or something. They're like, I'm not really interested anymore. So they can also pivot. Do you, um in your program for helping these kids, I'm sure that you have space for pivots, right? And then mm-hmm. just follow, you're following their lead. Is that right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think you hit several things on the nail on the head there, which is when you think about what do you want to do in the future? Is it really career focused or is it really more about self-discovery. So how do you really enable that? And so when you have these pivots, it's actually more, I would say, an individual learning more about themselves or becoming more aware of it, or it's having the uh, attention to really foster that innate curiosity that they have. And so something that's really cool that we're working on right now is, let's say, the cross-pollinization of interests. So for example, maybe someone has a really strong interest in communications and let's say engineering and the sciences, can they somehow, where do they intersect? And believe it or not, there's amazing content creators that are out there that bring light to what communication sciences are, even though you may not have any idea what that looks like. Yeah, no, I've never heard of that. Yeah. And it's the same thing with, you were going to say, let's put biology with environment or with mathematics or how does health and law intersect? And so these pivots, I think is more, again, not necessarily a pivot, but is like, again, a greater awareness of themselves and having that honest reflection of what means to you, because that's your superpower.
0: It really is. And what do you want to bring to the world? How do you want to contribute to the world and yourself? What would make you happy? Those are such important questions. Eddie, I'm so bummed that I didn't have this when I was growing up because it is the way that you're saying That kind of discovery process you're describing it is exactly what I went through in the last few years to understand how to bring those two parts of a career that I really want together. So I love product technology and I work in product, but I also really love conservation and I love environmentalism. And for so long, I thought I had to choose either one. And now it also could be a sign of the times, right? But now those companies exist where there's conservation companies that are using insane technologies that will help save speech fees and learn more about them and connect scientists all over the world. And it's incredible. And I'm like, holy crap, it exists. So (laughs) you can have those two things. But the fact that these young adults are figuring this out now It's only going to be amazing for them and the future of what the world and work looks like. So that is so cool. And I just had to say that like, it's, I wish I had it.
1: A big reason why I'm doing this is because I have a little brother. We're 11 years apart and I'm seeing him go through some very similar challenges himself. He's, he doesn't see it, but he's amazing. (laughs) He's (laughs) great with music. He's very caring person and he is I would say he, he beats himself a little too much but to be honest mm-hmm. again he's just this amazing kid I'm thinking to myself a little bit more of my background I come from an immigrant family in I'm my first generation so it's I understand a little bit more of that nuance after being like my family's first pancake let's say so <laughs> I just thought to myself like hey is there a way that maybe make this a little, little easier and making it in a way that even my parents who have, may have not been through all that college education and had those opportunities that we were lucky to go through, they too can also be allies to them and be like their biggest cheerleaders because, you know, parents are cheerleaders, like the biggest fans already. But by having them also have the proper tools at the disposal to help encourage their kids, I think it's very important too.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because we can't, You, it's not fair to demonize those parents that maybe do not help very much because they just don't know how. They don't know how to steer you in the right direction. They don't know how to connect with kids. It's only getting harder to connect with young adults because of technology. You mentioned your brother, lovely relationship. 11 years is a big gap to have a good relationship. So that's really amazing. Was your brother the main inspiration behind starting future gen because gen z is definitely a soft spot for you
1: i would say that my brother is definitely quite the treasure in my family and so i would say i may have been aware of this problem growing up and seen it in my college space and even my local community but seeing my little brother as an eagle scout boy scout thought to help others at all times and i just saw like a lot of what my brother was going through. And I would say he definitely was a big motivation, but I would say my community is also a huge motivator. If you can really be that difference, then just go for it.
0: And you have a unique perspective being a a first-generation American because the trials that people go through to make a better life for themselves, better than a lot of other Americans. And it's very special, though I know that... There has been some probably tough conversations that you've had to have with your parents along the (laughs) way, because you went to, you had a apprenticeship at Harvard before college. And I know that you were on a medical path. So I would love to get into that. What did that look like when you wanted to pivot out of that?
1: Again, I... I I didn't. I just wanted to make my parents proud. I saw them work very hard. I had mm-hmm. a very, not, nothing you like uh, too much for. I uh, don't imagine. My dad would work all day, and you know, I was talking to the principal, like, hey, he's going to bring food on the table, make sure the roof where you're head, and make sure when I'm gone, I'm, you're the man of the house, okay, Eddie? And I would say, growing up in a, from I'm an immigrant family, first gen college student type of a thing, again, I, I grew up. Being told, focus on your studies and just do well in school, become the first family doctor or lawyer engineer or something like that. And I did that. I put my head down and aside from just doing the, doing well in school, played soccer for my school. I did a whole bunch of electrocuted killers, was even lifeguarding and stuff like that. And I had a fortunate opportunity to attend this medical apprenticeship program at Harvard University the summer before going to college. And you can imagine mom and dad just so excited, like ecstatic. I mean, they have a, Yeah, they're gonna have a doctor in the family. Yeah. And I remember coming back from that experience and thinking to myself, that do I have another decade of school in me? And I, again the reason a huge inspiration why I want to become a doctor at the time was because my father went through he was in the army, he was in the airborne division, he was a medic. And so I thought to myself, like how better to be there for people that really need help in the er so i want to become an emergency trauma surgeon i remember
0: wow. the longest
1: time and it was but that experience really was something that opened my eyes quite a bit and the second thing that really helped me with navigating that was actually uh i mentioned i was an eagle scout and so when i was completing my eagle scout project it was reopening a wild corridor in, in an estuary reserve in california and it was uh, it was something else. It made me realize that you can add value to your community countless ways aside from just those very traditional doctor, engineer, lawyer type of things. And California has a lot of droughts. <laughs> so I applied. Well, I remember I applied to uh, scratch all my personal statements that were meant for like medical related stuff. And it was time to apply for college. And it was the second to last day before applying for or the deadlines for all the UCs. And so my family only had one desktop and it was all in the living room. And because of November is Thanksgiving. So I remember my family's in the back getting ready for dinner and I would not rec- ever recommend this for anyone, but I rewrote my personal statements all there on the laptop. No, no edits, just on the prompt and just hit send. And by luck of God, it went through, it got... Read by the right person, but yeah. So after that point, I don't think my family ever knew what I was doing.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> they, a doctor? yeah, like... yeah. They're like, so then what yeah. are you gonna do?
1: <laughs> What's environmental sciences like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it
1: was uh, it was about a ride. <laughs> I bet.
0: What about those ventures in between Harvard and future Gen? Then once you're like, okay, there's other ways I can contribute. This decade of school isn't it and I want to do something else what does your life look like in between I,
1: I would say I may not say I'm a gen Z-er myself I'm just at the cusp so I'm in I'm technically millennial but I can I, I ask what year you were up. born 1996
0: oh good yeah you are right at the cusp
1: yeah I, I just turned kind of weird saying it I just turned 27 oh, but yeah, so it's I think how I think a lot of us go through. Uh, I've also embraced that question, like who am I? There's that authenticity type. What am I doing and stuff like that. And so I had a series of events through college that I think helped me guide through that. So I think after I went to UC Davis, I, I went for the environmental sciences program, and I remember graduating in in finance and. So like, I remember asking myself, how on earth does someone who loves medicine, loves the environment, and loves finance make me? And then coming to this conclusion that, what is this following a passion? Is that a waste of time? And no, I don't think so at all. It never felt like I was ever wasting my time pursuing something that I had a a genuine interest for. And again, as someone that believes in living life without regrets, because what ifs will eat at you in mm. a very particular way, so I left my junior year, um think, or coming to, finding my compass, and it, this compass became my North Star, and it's essentially, I hope to become someone that's able to make decisions, helping as many people as possible, long-lasting impact, and it, that's not a job title, but it's, again, enough of the North star that whenever I find myself in a fork in the road, I ask myself, is this getting me closer to that goal or is path B the better one? And so since then, life has been pretty simple.
0: (laughs) I really love that you talk about North star, talk about that a lot on this platform because it will help you in those times where you are at an impasse, you're at a fork in the road. You don't know which way to go. And I really the question of is following a passion, a waste of time. I'm sure a lot of people feel that way because your passions won't always make you money, but your passions don't have to make you money. You can also be a person that does a job for the money and then you pursue passions on the side, but you can also marry the two because there's always a way. There's always a way you can find a career that aligns with what you want and might not be the job title, but it could be the job description of what you're looking for. And it's really, it's a beautiful thing to just know, okay, this does not align with the future me. So I'm not going to take it. So just keep that in the rear view, all of the doubt and just go forward because all you (laughs) need is that North star.
1: And when you have it, you're never really lost.
0: Yeah. You're really not. You're really not. What does your brother want? Good
1: question. I don't think he's definitely told us like a lot of his interests, but I would say right now he's, he wasn't like me when I was his age. I'm like, when I was his age, I think he's a sophomore now in high school. So he's about 16. Well, yeah, I can do math. I'm 27 minus 11, 16. Okay. And he was he's not saying like he wants to be a trauma surgeon or anything like that right now. I would say though, that I was going to think to myself, what does he want to do? I definitely know what his interests are, but I think he is himself is curious to still trying more things. So for example, he loves he loves music and he loves playing the piano. And he, as much as he hates getting off of like off season for swimming, he loves also swimming. If I had to take a crack into the wind and guessing what he was going to be, I could imagine him having an interest because he does love computers doing something with computers and then maybe doing something with music i think that would that would be maybe there's my shot in the dark there yeah
0: sounds <laughs> very fulfilling that's awesome
1: yeah whatever it is though he has about 100% for support
0: yeah he could be a famous dj like a tech <laughs> dj that yeah 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 that would be a very exciting career. That's for sure. (laughs) And then you could be behind a computer, but also in a club with music (laughs) or on a stage, you could travel the world with that. But yeah, he sounds really, he has a a very array of eclectic interests and that's a really good place to start too. It's a good place to be as a sophomore in high school.
1: I would say that's something that my parents both did very well, which is allow us to, they may not know what we're doing, but allowing us to explorer curiosity is uh, is very powerful.
0: I love that. And they've also supported you all the way through, even though you're not a doctor. So that's very good on them. But with other people are probably if they're listening to this episode, they might be facing similar things where they are trying to reinvent themselves with a background that makes it very difficult to do that. Do you have any advice for those that are facing similar pivots in their life?
1: No, I, again, I think it's, I'm someone that grew up facing a lot of no's and being told, no, you can't. And I really think that if you let the energy stay there and get at you, then it can, I would say, be a really large obstacle to go across, but, Again, I really think that anyone can really become almost anything they want to do. It's And I think the best thing to do is, believe it or not, you have people in your corner that are rooting for you all the time, no matter what. Find those people, because those people are, you'd be surprised that they may know a friend of a friend of a friend, then... I mean, it's a random side story, because this, this helped introduce me, and I think it's completely appropriate, because again, I had no idea this was going to happen, but it, it opened up this whole window of, of a world that I had no idea. It's As I was pursuing my interest in, in medicine, I interned for a dentist for a summer. And right before that, that summer, though, I did an econ class, and they showed us what the stock market. And I was like, whoa, this is so cool. This is, honestly introduced me to finance. And so that summer I spent maybe three weeks being a dental hygienist assistant. And the following rest of the summer, being that dentist's personal stock market person, (laughs) Uh, I found out he had a love for the stock market. And I thought to myself, oh, that's so cool. Here, I know this is probably trash, but like, this is what is going on in my mind. And yeah. what do you think? And it was one day he called me into his office and he said, Eddie, name me three stocks. And I, I didn't know why he was asking. I was like, okay. This was back in 2014. Um, yeah, summer 2014. And I remember saying EDSI, which is a watershed company. I was looking at environment, Tesla, and Monster Energy Drink. And he dropped $30,000 right there on the spot. And it just got so real for me. And I was like, oh my God.
0: Um, (laughs) You're like, are you wait before you press that button? (laughs) Are you sure? No,
1: he called up his broker. He did the whole thing on there. And I was like, so it wasn't even like an online transaction. It was like, he was talking to an individual broker. And I was like, oh my God. Um, It was quite the rush. And that actually, he was a good friend with uh, another uh, financial advisory. And that's how I got my first summer internship into finance and so I was very fortunate to have my own desk and have my own bloomberg terminal behind me and mm-hmm. it was yeah but again I had no in I had no expertise in finance at all at that point mm-hmm. I was going purely into medicine but I wasn't afraid to talk about what I was interested in what I want to dream for and that also inspired other people to root for me too So it's again, there's people in your corner. You may feel alone or think to yourself alone, but believe it or not, there are people in your corner. Find those people, let them know what your dreams are, what you're pursuing. And I think you'd be surprised how far you'll go.
0: Yeah. And don't shut down your passions. It's okay to talk about them. It's okay to let other people know what interests you because you wouldn't have had that opportunity to help him with the stock market had you not talked about stocks probably all the time as the <laughs> internship for the dental hygienist.
1: Yeah. He takes me out to a good dinner every now and then.
0: Oh, good. <laughs> I, yeah. I was hoping he got, you said 2014 that was, I hope he's having yeah, it was 2014. serious returns. Good for him.
1: Yeah. But with at least two of those three stocks.
0: Tesla. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Tesla was one of the first ones that I bought when I was getting into it. Cause I was like, this is so cool. Yeah. Man, what a crazy world. And talk about accessibility now, right? The world is vastly different than it was in 2014 in terms of, especially the stock market. And now you have apps like Robinhood and Ellevest that are making it incredibly, I simplified, not in a negative connotation way, but it's like very accessible. And people can participate a lot more. I know that if in 2014, I didn't know what the stock market was. So now like being in my thirties and understanding it a little bit more. it's so oh, like these people are doing good work. These companies that are bringing it, <laughs> democratizing the stock market, but very cool. Are you still really interested in finance? Do you like help the CFO at FutureGen? <laughs> Are you the CFO? Uh,
1: as definitely as uh, the original founder, you wear many hats. Yeah. So I'm no stranger to finance, although I would say that I'm trying to take a step away from that. Before doing this, again, I mentioned I did M&A tech work. And so my clients were private equity people. And yeah, I don't know. I, I think I may have the young face, but <laughs> I feel like I spend enough time that, I, again, I want to pursue my other interests. So <laughs> luckily we do have someone on the team that is able to pick that up.
0: That's fortunate. You don't have to do everything. And you have eight people now. That's very exciting. Let's talk about how you build a startup, even just like from the ground up, because as we mentioned before, recording Seattle is a pretty cool place to start. It's a big tech hub. But that also means that like angel investors are probably more prevalent here and more interested in the Seattle area. What did that look like for building Future Gen for you? Yeah,
1: quite frankly, I. I uh, started Future Gen officially, like publicly, October 1st, 2021. And it was just me. It was just, I just felt as though I've seen a lot of uh, challenges that youth were going through. And even at a company level, the ugly side of mergers and acquisitions, there's sometimes company culture issues. And so you realize that over time, the people are. That came in are maybe not necessarily have the same heart as it started. And so that really helped me push to, you know what, something we can help people navigate the question of what they want to do in the future. Then can we help companies build culturally fit teams as well? And yeah, so I started off as just one founder. And then by the end of that month, actually, in October, we ended up growing to a team of five already at that point. And it was uh, honestly, I didn't know a lot of these people right away. I hmm. actually just, I had this very, I have this very thick Eagle Scout contact book. It's uh, <laughs> the, my best investment I ever made by okay. far. Okay. Literally, like a yellow pages full of Eagle Scouts, and people said, "Yeah, if you want, if you have any questions, just reach out to me." And so I just reached out to a lot of Eagle Scouts and said, "Hey, I think this is a problem. Can I can get your feedback." And a lot of them resonated with the problem area that we're working on. And next thing you know, it. Such a, this, I would never imagine this is how Halloween that year would have ended. We had five of us that were considering being like formulating this team, and we just pulled in two senior advisors that were also like, "Well, this is something that's really interesting too. And one of them said, Eddie, did you know no one talks about this, but there's a benefit to being an Eagle Scout. How would you like to have your team have a brainstorming session in the Big Bear Mountains in Los Angeles and the Captains? And I'm like, that sounds amazing. Why not? And Future Gen kind of collectively started with this team in the woods, Hollywood, <laughs> Halloween, on Halloween weekend. And it was crazy because you had a whole bunch of strangers appear in the cabin at dark. That's how horror and movies start. Exactly. You're driving up the mountain. You have to like legit drive like two, two and a half hours into yep. the mountains to get there. That the is a coast. horror movie. <laughs> and I come out. I'm this big scary guy in a black coat and <laughs> yeah so it's sorry I know that was probably a little bit lengthy in terms of details these are honestly wonderful memories to think about yeah I um, know that's
0: actually really cool and horrifying but very cool if I was in that car I'd yeah. be like and I'm turning around <laughs> very <laughs> thank you for the invite I'll grab something on the way out <laughs> but that's very cool yeah
1: it was Yeah, it was, that's how it started though. And so from there, some of our senior advisors, they converted to the team and then we were able to find some amazing engineers that were like, Hey, this guy might be a first time founder, but he's on to something. And we also relate to the problem. And so it's, it's slowly, slowly just evolved. Cause I would say we came in with one idea and we actually had pivoted four times before we learning who we are now
0: all in let's see October of 2021 only a year and a half oh my gosh that's fast and that's amazing
1: <laughs> it's again all of us have this love for this problem space that we're in and so we've been fortunate enough that some of the people on the team have also have done startups themselves and have exited themselves and so they also have also had that learning curve and our advisors have been amazing too pulling in people and again, I'm, not, I'm a first-time founder across Money Other First. And even though I may have not done everything as much as other people have, I do love to ask questions.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I, I believe in asking them because you may be a fool for a minute, but if you never ask, then you could be a fool for life. Mm-hmm. And so it's been very fortunate to have a lot of people really rooting for us.
0: I'd say it's a very good idea. I think that it's obviously you're filling a niche avoid within a niche that is very needed. And that is helping the future generations figure out how the heck to navigate their life, which is scary and daunting. And we need help. Everybody needs help in that way. And the young adults, especially I can really identify some threads here that are so important and not to quote star Trek, but boldly go. Right, is a big one that I'm coming through all of your experiences. Boldly speak about what you're passionate about, take risks, pull out your Eagle Scout yellow pages and call people up out of the blue. Everybody knows somebody from their past, maybe that has like a tangential link to something that they're interested in, or somebody that can give them advice that knows them well. Just don't be afraid to speak proudly about who you are and where you wanna go. Obviously, have the North Star. That's probably what led you through the pivots to still be a company. This is our goal. And how do we fill in the blank in between the two spaces? Right. It's like, how do you make that happen? And just tenacity and unwavering belief in yourself. I'm obviously not saying that you always had that. Like, you probably have had a lot of <laughs> doubts about where you were going in your life. And I can't imagine that it was very easy to pivot from things like a medical path and especially with the background that you have, but some very loud and clear threads. So everybody listening, do that, (laughs) do all of that. Just be yourself and be bold. And not everybody's going to be for you and that's just how it works, but you know what you want to do and you got to go for it.
1: It's true. Uh, Again, I would also say that I really am a true believer that people have more in common ground than what separates us. Yeah. So it's, it's, if you don't know this guy, I'm also backing you guys in your corner too. Again, there's a whole, there's a whole community out there. Just waiting to be discovered that that is your team.
0: And they want to help you. People want to help more than I think people give other people credit for. We love to help. We love it. For all of your different ventures, have you identified even one or two transferable skills that maybe you learned in as a young adult and now you're carrying through your life and you're like, oh, I can apply this here. I can apply this here. That has made you successful.
1: I would say probably the number one thing is I like to consider myself as an includer mm-hmm. finding ways that are able to bring people to bring value add to whatever the situation is. And so that was something that I learned in, in scouting and then was able to apply that just throughout since then. So the ability to, again, find that common interest that really brings people together. If I'm going to talk more like hard skills, like the soft skills I think are,
0: I think they're almost more important, very, but yeah.
1: Yeah. But to be yeah. honest, I really do think that if you are skilled in any particular feat, action activity, whether it's soft or hard, you can honestly be dangerous wherever you go. It can be used wherever you go. So if you're a team player, you can be a team player anywhere. If you are a leader, to be honest, that spirit is with you wherever you go. If you're someone that is great at problem solving and using Excel, believe it or not, People are using Excel and all these other uh, like Python data analytics tools and Power BI and all that, not just in Microsoft. You're applying that into other just, I just talked to a local zoo here and they're looking for data analysts. I'm like, what is a zoo using looking for a data analyst? Yeah,
0: all of it ties together. You could always find it.
1: Yeah. So it's, yeah, I don't think really answered your question appropriately, but to be honest, I really think that you did. Anything can be applied.
0: Yeah. And the soft skills are really important. I'm glad you called that out. It's incredibly important to be a team player. It's incredibly important to be empathetic and understand really what other people are wanting from your product. I think that makes a great leader. And it also makes... A really good start to a good business idea. If you have to solve a need and if you're not solving a need, you're not going to succeed and be able to understand the need, you have to listen and you have to be intuitive and really get to the root of a problem. No, I think that's a really good answer. Are you going to apply to be a data analyst for a zoo? Are you going to pivot again? Um, Not
1: necessarily. I quite pivot again, but this is why I think about it. I know we're talking about a zoo, but I'm going to also make it a metaphor for let's see a movie. Because okay. when people think of movies, they maybe think of, oh, you can get a career as an actor, as a director, or a producer, maybe. And, But if you were to watch a movie to the very end and suddenly see the credits, you find out and discover hundreds not thousands of people how to come together to make this thing happen. It's more than just the John Waynes and the solos. You have playwrights, you have makeup artists, you have people dealing with lights and sound and all these different things. And again, I just love talking to people. And (laughs) when I had the opportunity of talking to, I think it was the Woodland Zoo, some staff, and they were talking about some hiring needs. I was thinking to myself, I just, you have to, if you want to make a better version of the world, I think you have to understand as much as possible how it all works together. Because to build something that people love, it's, you have to understand how it all clicks. Yeah. So it's
0: all like a web of connectivity. Definitely. That's, very cool. Maybe I'll hit up the zoo. <laughs> There's still the Woodland Zoo. Woodland Park Zoo is a really good one. I like that one. They do a lot of conservation effort stuff. Yeah, check
1: them out. They, this I never gone there yet, but they gave me two passes, and I'm like, well, I guess I have something to do this weekend. Let's go.
0: You should absolutely go. It's a wonderful zoo. They have um, they have really pretty remarkable animals. The rhinoceros are my favorite there. There's two of them.
1: They I roll gotta, in mud gotta a lot check it
0: out, yeah, <laughs> they're great. <laughs> Couple more questions for you, and then I promise I will let you go. But curious, where is your family from?
1: So, my mother is from Ecuador, and my father is half Spanish, half Guatemalan. Yeah, that's the family in terms of migrant history. So I think my mother came here when I think she was around ten or eleven. and then, my father was, he was technically the first generation of his family. Um, but yeah, but that's how Muziray goes, or Mase if you want to <laughs> say it in Spanish. It's, uh, it's a Spanish origin.
0: And where can people find you? It's not too hard, I'm hoping.
1: <laughs> We're trying to get a little <laughs> bit more discoverable there, but you can easily find Future Gen at Future Gen, G E N. XYZ.com. We also have a LinkedIn profile and then Eddie Mazurego's. And you can find me there too. But yeah, it's, those are probably the two easiest ways.
0: Great. <laughs> Was there anything else that you wanted to, I guess, grace us with? Need more wisdom before we sign off? I
1: think I want to just emphasize be proud to be you. Be proud of what makes you you. And you'd be surprised, like those little victories that you have, hold on to them too because they really do help you if you're not proud of what you're doing then find that motivation and i think that has to a little bit of a, a little power there for yeah. so again i'm rooting for you whatever you're doing it's uh i think everybody has the power in themselves to be the change in the world but also in themselves
0: i love it open i lied i guess i should ask is future gen still hiring Just in case anybody's interested in the area.
1: I would say future gen right now is not hiring. You know, if we continue to do things very well, we're doing some projects right now. We're really focused at youth at risk right now. So really making huge impact on pilot programs with a lot of rural communities and migrant immigrant communities Mm. with an emphasis in Washington and in California. So it's, we do have. I'm not going to say that we have a world domination plan or anything like that, but we do have, we do imagine being, having a large footprint.
0: Wonderful. I'm, I would say, I think world domination for your business cause, I don't think would be dangerous. <laughs> However, I don't know. I know that Gen Z will eventually rule the world because that's just how time works. But I'm like right now, man, like I'm going to keep my skinny jeans and my middle parts.
1: <laughs> yeah. And have one them. Of the original... One of the original founders of LinkedIn, I had a portion opportunity to talk with them. He said, you know what, Eddie, you're not future gen. you're future LinkedIn killers. That's what you guys, I'm for <laughs> you guys. We, need, we always need something innovation out there. like hard. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Thank Again, you we're, so we're much. We're
1: hoping to, to do a lot of good. Yeah. yeah. No, of course. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. You will do a lot of good. I can almost guarantee it. And then once you guys go public. I'm all over that stock, but (laughs) all right. guys, Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. You you're just a beaming light and I really appreciate that, but thank you.
1: Sounds good. Thanks Courtney.
0: Numerous takeaways can be pinpointed from this conversation. Okay. All you need is a North star. What sparks passion in you? What lights you up and gets you excited? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Hone in on that if you're not quite sure what your North Star is and how you wanna contribute to the world. Formulate it around that. What inspires you? What sparks joy? What ignites passion within you? And follow that. You can pivot and reinvent yourself. You can become whatever you want to be and have people in your corner rooting for you. Those people in your corner even if you don't know it, are rooting for you. Whatever you want to learn, there is an avenue available to you. So the internet is an incredible resource, as is networking and getting out to pursue your passions. If you look it up online, really honestly, anything that you might be interested in, I could basically guarantee you're going to find some sort of a community around what you want to get into. You are... Truly never alone. You're not the Texas Ranger. The Texas Ranger presses on alone. You never know where belief in yourself, internal guidance towards your North Star, and community will get you. Somewhere great, no doubt. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope that you have some takeaways from this. And if you're Gen Z, I do have to apologize for picking on you a lot but I kind of had my reasons there in the beginning I love you all you are the future we need you and we need your brains and we need your drive we need your presence in the world just as you are so just put what I say aside put what society says aside because we do need you and what you're going to bring this to the table your trivia today We talk about Gen Z a lot on this podcast. What qualifies as Gen Z is the question. So who is Gen Z? What's the date range? Gen Z describes the youngest generation with adult members. And the years are agreed to be born between 1997 to 2013. Gen Z, we tip our hats to you young folks. Be proud to be you thank you for listening like subscribe if this resonates with you or your gen z relatives please share if you are listening on apple podcasts i would love if you left me a review it means a lot and if you want to be on the podcast if you think that you have a cool story to tell and you want to tell it please get in touch ynqpod at gmail.com ynqpod at gmail.com if email is too prehistoric for you, I do have my socials link below. I'm very active, especially on Instagram. Please get in touch. I would love to hear from you. If you have a story to share that you don't want to be on the podcast with, but you want to share it, also email it to me. I would love to hear it and could read it on a future episode. Thank you so much. I am so excited that you listened all the way through, what a trooper you are, but now I will let you go and I will see you next Thursday. Bye.